This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. I'm Beth Duran alongside Ricky Romero and Josh Tolley. Uh, before we bring the guys in, yes, we had stickers. We sent them out. A bunch of people got them. And if you have them, tag us on the Let's Go Ricky Roll Instagram page. We appreciate it. I have a, a couple left, just a few left. So if you, have them, if you haven't gotten them, send me a DM at the Let's Go Ricky Roll Instagram page. Tolley, feeling good? I'm feeling good, but I still don't have my stickers, dude. Yeah, that's the reason my I, address? Yes, I need your address. Put a bottle of whiskey in it. <laughs> huh? Send a nice big box. Ricky, uh, last week's episode is up. We didn't do a promo because I got busy doing a bunch of other stuff. It was a really good one. Uh, actually, no, episode for two weeks ago. Last week, I got busy. I had to work. Uh, totally was all over the place. So go back and listen to uh, episode from two weeks ago where we talked about Tolly's adventures in minor league hockey. All kinds of good stuff. Great reaction. A couple of messages I got. Tolly said, hey, uh, is Tolly going to be doing a tour? I love hearing it. Uh, I got a message from somebody who said that they grew up across the street from your partners. So that was pretty cool. Uh, so it was uh, all kinds of good stuff, man. So keep on coming. Keep on bringing the messages. We appreciate it, man. And uh, it's a lot of fun. We keep doing it. But Ricky, today, let's get going. You found us a guest. First time in a while we've had a guest. Yeah, first time we've had a guest in, in, in a while. And, and it, was, it was by design. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't like it just happened to just happen. It, it was by design. We wanted to get a feel for the new company we're working with, Blue Wire. And now that we're settled in, figured I'd bring us a guest. And obviously we have, uh, uh, if you guys follow me on social media, we have Danny Jansen, the catcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, you know, and uh, I'm glad he's he's joining us. Thanks, thanks for coming on, Danny. Uh, yeah, again, you know, stud catcher. Um, I've I've had a chance to watch him live in person. I've known him for the past few years, and you know, just great kid all around. And uh, I'm I'm pumped he's joining us today. And you I'm know, pumped but, too, man. Thanks for having me. But you know what? It, it kind of feels good amongst us four. It feels good to be the best athlete in this chat right now, myself. So. No way. You're the boss. Let me let me intervene real quick, Danny. <laughs> Danny, I'll let you I'll let you tell the guest what you just got done doing, and that is all that's all we have to know. Because let me tell you, there's not one left-handed pitcher would be at the ballpark as long as you were today. Let the people know what you just did. Oh <laughs> uh, man, before I was even up, I was catching seven bullpens today. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so that, that's how my day started, but now here we are. Just got done with the workout too, Ricky. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Ricky, so Wait, hold on. I, 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 I figured real quick, real quick. After, after his first bullpen, I'd be on the first tee box teeing off somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. <laughs> Wait, Danny, so you're a, a big league catcher. Why are you catching seven bullpens? Isn't it just like two or three? Uh, yeah, there's a place that we're going in Tampa, and um, some of the guys, you know, Brian Barucki, uh, Jordan Romano, uh, you know, Andrew Case, one of my ex-teammates, they, they're thrown there. And, uh, you know, usually I got three or four, a couple other guys, kind of whatever whatever work I need. But today I got there, and there was nobody else there to catch. So, you know, we just threw the pads on, threw the cup over the pants, and we went to work. And, uh, and the next thing it. you know, it's seven. So, I mean, it helped. Dude, I was on a knee for, for majority of it, so I'm just kind of chilling back there working on some stuff, so. All right, so I'm going to ask the stupid questions here, Danny, so just get ready for it. How long does it take to catch seven bullpens? Because the people watching or listening at home are like, how long does that take? Well, I mean, all these guys are X amount of bullpens deep right now, you know, a lot. So pitch counts are kind of going up. I think I caught one that was probably like 40 pitches. So I don't know. You get seven, that's between 25 to 40 pitches. It adds up a little bit, probably like hour total. Squatting the entire time? Yeah, squatting on a knee, maybe two knees. I don't know, no. whatever. <laughs> hey, man, cup over the gonna... cup over the pants is what I love. I, I need <laughs> a photo of that. Next time you do that, send me a photo. <laughs> yeah. 
And yeah. not, not nothing, nothing like not. I'm not saying these guys, but catchers in the past that I've dealt with, like if they're the only ones, and there's like seven, eight guys to catch, nothing puts them in a worse mood than that. <laughs> and uh, obviously, right now it's different for Danny because obviously he's uh, there. You're you're getting you're trying to get as much work as you can because um, you guys are on a lockout and all that stuff. But if it was like a spring training, like, and you're the only guy there, you're not <laughs> happy about having to catch. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah, seen it, yeah. and the first the first bounce bouncing breaking ball they get off the forearm. Oh man, that team, that puts them like over <laughs> the top. And so these guys are honestly they, they 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 save everyone's they make everyone's job so much easier. They they really do. Catchers just I mean they're they're, they're special, but but you know. They're not the best. Danny, tell the people how miserable it is when you have six guys in line waiting to throw bullpens, and then some the, the seventh ding dong comes out of the woodwork and says, Hey, can I get a little bit of work? <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about putting me over the top? It was like, No, you should have been here an hour ago. Instead, you get here late. Throw to yourself. That's how I used to feel. Yeah, and then and then and then a little bit of work turns into turns into chatting a little bit and figure some stuff out. 30 minutes later, we're still back there. I mean, hey, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it is. You're right. It's what we, we sign up right? for. You're damn right. Well, that, okay, that's what I was saying right now. Like, you know, you signed up for that because, look, I'm a sports reporter, right? So, uh, the best guy to ever interview is a catcher because they always give you great quotes. They're very honest. They're straight to the point. That's why we brought Tolly as a, a partner on the podcast because him and Ricky balance each other out, and it, it's fun. Yeah. But when they told me you were coming on, I'm like, okay, this guy, I know who he is. I did my background on you. And then they tell me he just caught seven bullpens and told his first thing he even said, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not really in a bad mood because of it. You know, I'm not at all. So uh, is what it is. A great way to start the day. My legs are cached. So we'll see what happens. You know what, though? Yeah. In all honesty, one of these days, like like me, like I truly, as, as much as I joke around and talk shit, I do. I miss those days. I miss days of catching bullpens. They some days do make them worse than others, but I, I, I feel you. That that was always but, fun. Well, you can relate to this too. One of like the, my favorite parts about catching a bullpen is just like the back and forth with the pitcher, and you're kind of in the lab together. You're working on stuff. We have an angle that they don't, so we get to see yep. things and we get to to see what works. Kind of play with stuff silently back there, maybe setting up a different target. And if it works, it's like, hey, I just did this. It's it's all it's all good stuff. Like like a, a proactive uh, bullpen is a lot of fun. You know what I mean? It's not just sitting back there. Oh man, another one. Here's another one. It's like, all right, well, if we're here, let's see what we got. Let's let's try to make this game like and see what we can help. And I love if I'm able to help somebody. I mean, that's that's awesome. That's what I'm here for. You know what I mean? So. You, you nailed and it. And, and just think you're going to help that many more pitchers by spending the time with seven guys. And and most yeah, of them are yeah. on your staff for next year, which is awesome. Yeah. And right, this, yeah, is, this, is, this is for young kids who, who listen to this podcast too, Beto. This is where the, the, the pitcher-catcher relationship doesn't start. You don't build it in games. This is where, like what Danny's talking about in the bullpens. And, and he's got a different he – got, he's got the best angle in the house. So for yeah. him to be able to relay the, hey, you know what, maybe stay back a little more on your curveball or get out front on your changeup a little bit more. Oh, yeah, that one had great movement. Uh, stick to that one. Or, you know, there's all these little things, little cues that catchers do. They're, they're your pitching coach pretty much out there, you know, because the pitching coach can't come and mound visit you every every inning, you know. So the, the cat you rely a lot on the catcher. So if for, for young catchers out there, the relationships are built when you're throwing bullpens with your guys and and and, and stuff like that. So um, I, I like that that Danny said that right there. That's interesting. And, uh, all right, Danny, how the heck did you become a catcher? I think everybody's got a story about how they how they became one. So for me, uh, my dad my dad loved catching. He grew up in Chicago. He, he played uh, for a long time. I have an older brother who's seven years older. Tried catching, one for him. Um, I think I might have a, an extra screw loose, but um, when I was nine years old, I was fortunate to have a little batting cage in the backyard, and my dad was the coach of our Little League team, and I remember I was nine years old, and I was back there catching live BPs off a machine, which is just a, not the best idea. I mean, nine, ten-year-olds trying to hit off a machine, foul tips in the head, and, the, you know, wherever. And I remember I came out, I was, I was freaking, like, borderline bawling. I was just, like, dinks everywhere. I was pissed. 
and uh, took a little time, hopped back in there. My dad's like, all right, that's that's when I was like, all right, I think he, he wants to be a catcher when he hopped back in after he got his ass kicked. You know what I mean? So ever since then, I mean, I pretty much, I know I dabbled with first base, maybe one game in like a summer ball league, but I've I pretty much been a catcher only. Jeez. And, and Danny, you grew up in, in Wisconsin, correct? Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about growing up in Wisconsin. I mean, you guys don't get to play baseball year round. I mean, it's freezing cold there. And, and, uh, how, how did you play any of the other sports? Did you, or was baseball just the, the, the sport that you gravitated into and, and you were like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my career. Uh, baseball was, was definitely a passion in our whole household, uh, for sure. And I grew up, um, like, I don't know if you knew this, but I grew up like hosting the low A team that was local, like a mile away. We used to host the players. So seeing that too, um, you know, one of our biggest names was Adam Jones, uh, you know, outfielder for a long time. He was, he stayed with us. And um, I know that story might be out there or not, but uh, yeah. I'm happy to tell it. But please do. Uh, oh, go, go, go. Yeah. So this is a while. This is a, one of those full circle stories that's just kind of incredible. So, so Adam Jones, 18 year old. Uh, real quick, Danny, real quick. Let me just set it up. So hosting is what minor leaguers will live with a family instead of getting their own hotel or their own place to do yeah. because it's usually like rookie or a ball for those of you who don't know. So the family provides a room for the players, right? Right. Yep. Usually in the lower levels and stuff. And I, I've actually never stayed with one personally coming up through the minor leagues, but uh, we did it for a long time as a family. And, you know, we, we did it a couple of years before uh, Adam was there, but like I said, 18 year old kid out of the draft, like, I don't know, six overall, just super athletic, just threw 97 off the mound and, and just a crazy athlete. I think he was a shortstop then, but mm -hmm. I was nine and Adam was 18. My brother was 16. So those two kind of bonded a little closer to me. I was a little kid. I was always asking for a ball and a bat, which now I'm like, man, <laughs> these kids, right? Like, but, <laughs> so, so I'm, I was the kid that did that. I would ask him all the time, like, Hey, can I get a ball? Can I get a bat? And uh, so, I, you know, I was just a little nine-year-old kid. Right. And then, he he was there, I think, the whole season. But after that, I didn't really keep in contact with him. My brother did because they were closer. Um, and my brother lives in Kansas City, so every time like Baltimore would play Kansas City, he'd go out there and see him and all that, all that good stuff. So, sure enough, though, 14 years later, right? I I debuted in, in 2018, and uh, a couple weeks after I actually debuted, we played them, and I hadn't seen him in, in that time, so. We talked during batting practice. We hug it out. We, we, we chat for a while. And then, and then uh, his first at bat, he comes up and he slams me on the chest. And he goes, proud of you, kid. And it's just like, it's one of those stories. I remember I, I flew out my first at bat to him. And I was just like, man, like, you know, that was doing that thing to him. And he did it back to me. Everybody's like, what's this 13-year vet doing with this rookie right here? Like, what's going on? <laughs> sure enough, man, like, it's, it's just a wild story that he stayed with me. You know, I, I, I watched him play when he was 18. And 13, 14 years later, I'm playing against him in the show. So it's just incredible. Yeah, and we actually let me get that for you because it's like Adam Jones. You know, a lot of people come in when they're 18 years old, and it's like they might only play one year or two, let alone a guy who's going to have a great career like him. He's awesome. And right. here's the picture that we got of you. There it is. Yeah, a youngster. That. Wow, yeah, man. That's dope. So that, that picture on the dope. left there of me when I was really young, we we have a bobblehead, him and I. We have that's the bobblehead right there. <laughs> that's the picture of Come us. I'm a little kid in, in that Cooney's uh, that Cooney's jersey and hat, and then yeah, we have a bobblehead. Some I think it's it's on a parents' house. I think, but that's cool. awesome. Like that that's that's cool, man. That that's the type of stuff that that gives you chills. It just you're right. The it's full. It comes full circle. Next thing you know, you're behind the dish, and he's coming up to the plate. What, what what was going through your head though? What like like as he's coming up, were you just like, I mean, obviously it's a proud moment, but it's like, I mean, were you just like, wow, like this 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 is dope? Yeah, it it hadn't like it, it was. That's pretty much what I was saying. I was like, man, this is this is crazy. It hadn't really hit me like like uh, I don't know like how how wild it was maybe and. So it kind of blew up and people were, you know, asking me about it always. And I was telling the story more. And then it's like, shit, this is wild. It really is. It's just a full circle, full circle uh, baseball story, you know. And and I, I've kept in contact definitely more since then with Adam and stuff. And, and uh, you know, he had said that he was always asking my brother, you know, kind of how I was doing in the minor leagues and kind of keeping tabs. But, you know, Jonesy's a superstar, doing superstar things. So, yeah, man. Uh, this is, this is what's amazing. This is what's amazing about the baseball world, right? It, the fraternity, when you talk about a fraternity, 
Only in baseball would something like that happen. A guy lives right. with a, a family, and X amount of years later, they're standing on the same field playing together. Like when you get when you said the story, and I know I saw you a month or so ago, Danny, and we talked about the story briefly. But when you tell that story, like I, the hair stands up. Like it just doesn't. Me happen. too. Every time, I, every time I tell it, still, I, man, it's, yeah. it's just like a. Yeah, it's like you almost want to get choked up because it's that kind of a story. Yeah. And we've had we've had we've had so many great they're Tim, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. We've had we had so many great T Rats to stay with us and and some that have seen me play. That one lives out in like uh Pennsylvania. So we played Scranton and stuff, you'd come out and uh Reading and all that stuff too, and like they'd see me play. It's just a full circle too there. You know, I'd watched him play growing mm -hmm. up. Used to that was our childhood, was going to those games. There's a mile away, yeah. you could bike. Not even a mile, maybe, but going to those things, man. Like we always go to that as a kids. You know what I mean? And and now they're watching me play, and it's just just wild. It's a, do you, Danny, Danny, do you think that's why you got into baseball and like really pursued the path? I think that that definitely helped, and I think it helped. Yeah. Um, you know, as a kid, you know, it's just like an older brother, another older brother there. You know, I didn't really think too much of it and all, but but as you get older and stuff, it's like, man, like you see what these guys go through. And, and then I experienced it and it's, yeah, it definitely helped, you know, it definitely, definitely helped with the passion as well. Like I said, it was a very passionate no house to begin with, but, but having those guys in there and, and just seeing ball players come in and, and spending time with them and, and going out in the backyard playing wiffle ball and doing all these things, it just kind of definitely instilled some more passion for the game for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird. So like I'm born and raised in LA, so we don't have no minor leagues at your housing. We got enough people in the house as it is. It's so uh, yeah. <laughs> crowded. <laughs> Household. Exactly. The Mexican houses. We got too many people here anyways. But th that right there, like, so difficult. In elementary, would you say like, hey, teacher, there's a pro athlete in my house? Like, would you say something like that? So I, I don't. I'm like I'm telling. At the time, I, I think it was just, hey, I, I got an older brother at the house. Now I just got a pro <laughs> athlete. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. It's, I don't know, man. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I finally got a bat at the end of the year from Jones. And, uh, <laughs> my, me and my brother, I, I, always, I always give him shit about it, but he took it in the batting cage and, like, snapped that thing. Oh, All I wanted was a bat. Oh he took, it, took it in there. I don't know, got Jan or something. Uh, of course he did. Joke, we, have a running, we have a running joke about that still. Oh, Now, now did, Jones, did Jones get to take you out to dinner at all in Toronto or in Baltimore? He took me out. Uh, I went to his house in Baltimore. Went to his house in Baltimore. I think my parents were in town too, so we all went over there. Um, That's awesome. I think we might have stayed the night, even. Yeah, I mean, he was he was staying in crazy, crazy big house out there, and uh, <laughs> forget where it was. But uh, anyway, so what, hap uh, what happens then, when you have a crazy big checkbook? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, when we were in Toronto, that series, he took me out to uh, a Korean barbecue place. Yeah, and it was awesome. That was my first time I ever had Korean barbecue, and then I. I've been with like oh, you since, but that was my first experience, and it was really, really good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Jones is good. Man. I've heard him on CC's podcast, and he, he he lets it out, man. He he does good stuff, man. He's like, a character, man, oh, but he keeps he keeps it real. He's just an awesome human being, too, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Now, our goal is to get him on here. We want to get him on here too. Eventually, I always had a good relationship with him, and we always talked about the battles we used to have against each other because yeah. he would be like literally talking shit. Like in the middle of like the, I'd release the ball and he'd he'd already be talking shit, you know. If he'd swing and <laughs> yeah. miss, if he'd swing and miss, he'd look at me and be like, "Throw that shit again," you know. And I'm like, <laughs> just laughing. Yeah, like, that's that's what he did, man. Yeah, he took me deep a few times though, but I got him too. So it, we always had fun, <laughs> awesome matchups, and um, off the field we always had a, a a great relationship too. So hopefully he comes on here sometime soon. Yeah, we'll get. But him. um, I, I wanted to ask you though, um. You signed out of high school, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, obviously Josh did too. And he talks about his experiences, you know, going from high school to, to, to minor league ball. How was that transition for you? Uh, yeah. Go, go back to the question you asked me before, like growing up in Wisconsin too, especially come out of the draft in Wisconsin. Like there wasn't a whole lot, um, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have tons of exposure. I wasn't like a, a huge prospect out of high school and all, but, uh, um, but anyways, yeah, I mean, we only played like 18 games maybe, and majority of them were like doubleheaders or, or makeup games in like May or something because there's snow going on in March and, and a little bit in April. But uh, so anyways, yeah, so going from like 18 games and then you're going to uh, – and I'm catching, you know, um, one, of my, one of my best buddies, man, he, he was committed to the same college. I was committed to Jacksonville University, and we are going to go together. 
and he was the best arm I caught, you know, and he's thrown, they got the time, he's thrown 85, 86, 87. Um, and then I'm going and I'm catching guys throwing 100. I mean, that was, that was definitely a win call, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but, but I felt like, I felt like I, I don't know, man, I felt like I, I adjusted just because I, I, I really wanted to, I really wanted to adjust and I was competitive and I, and I wanted to, to get it down. And, and especially, and I'm catching 100, but I'm also seeing 100 at the plate too. I didn't see that in high school at all. And, uh, you know, my first year, I think, I think I had the same amount of strikeouts as walks. Um, so I was able to, you know, put the ball and, and, and my contact was good and kind of adjusting to that. So that, that definitely helped me um, going forward. You know what I mean? So it was, it was a wake up call, definitely a wake up call, just kind of being away from home and all that for the first time. And, and just in a brand new environment with, you know, guys from all over the place. I wish I would have paid attention more in Spanish class, uh, going there for the first year, you know, but, um, Hey dad, yeah, it wouldn't have helped your, your high school Spanish in Wisconsin. It didn't matter for baseball Spanish and the population. You're right. You're, you're so right. You're so right. <laughs> Hola, me llamo Daniel. Yeah, right. Then yeah. no, 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 man. Look, yeah. I speak Spanish. I try I to learn the same. like bajito, alto, all the loose pitch stuff right away. I don't know. I was, was spit, just freaking spitballing right away. <laughs> Danny, Danny, knowing what the know, having a host that you guys were a host family. Did I? I, I know you were younger, obviously, but did you have? Did some of that stuff help? Like, no, kind of knowing what to expect, leading, getting into pro ball. Um, like for, for, like for example, right? Like I knew nothing about professional baseball. I was drafted out yeah. of high school, and I was just like thrown to the wolves. I didn't even hell. I didn't even know you played every day in the minor leagues. <laughs> like it was like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I knew I knew that you played all the time. Um, I also knew that there was fans, but you don't experience that. At least I didn't for the no. first couple of years of pro ball or spring Maybe. training, extended spring training, instructs. I knew nothing about that at all, you know, and um, so that was all brand new doing all those things. And then you realize like just how long it is. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, you see got night games going on when I was when we were hosting and stuff. And, you know, first couple of years you're playing day games or whatever it is. And um, so it helped a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, but not not all of it for sure. It's definitely brand new. Hey, Dan, uh, your high school season, you broke your hand, right, or a finger or something like that? I I, I broke uh, the, the piece of form in my wrist, yeah. yeah, fracture. So, And then is it true that you just chopped the uh, cast off at the end of the season so you can play in the playoffs? <laughs> Wait, where did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I told you, I'm a reporter. <laughs> I do my business. That You, you <laughs> were playing yeah. and you were uh, people were talking that you were going to go to a JUCO instead and that because you had anything and you had an exposure, you just chopped the cast off and you played in the playoffs. Yeah, so I broke it. Um, like I said, didn't play a lot of games, so I fractured it and I, I got put into like this splint that you kind of, you know, you kind of move it around a little bit. But um, so I missed a couple of weeks. I only played three games before it before it uh, before it broke. So I only played. You know, I missed a couple of weeks, not a long season. And then playoffs came around, and I did. I, I <laughs> took like something to it. I don't remember, but I, I chopped it pretty much in half, so I had a little bit of mobility. And uh, I remember my first at bat, I ripped a double. <laughs> Um, that, that thing, that thing hurt, bro. When I was catching, though, especially, I, I had so much tape on it. I mean, I did think about going to JUCO, definitely. I mean, all that stuff happened fast. You know, I, um, I, you know, I, like I said, I was committed to Jacksonville <clears throat> University um, in my senior year, and then all that happened, and I'm scrambling. I mean, I didn't. It wasn't a huge talks of the draft. A couple, like you know, a couple question, um, a couple of like people came and saw me, but. But nothing, you know, not, not many people following up. So that really wasn't a crazy thought. I was thinking, all right, what am I going to do, JUCO or college or, or Jacksonville? So um, it definitely – and then the draft happened, and it, it kind of took it all away. It's like, oh, I'm doing this. And um, Yeah, because I was, was going to say, I mean, being a 16th rounder sometimes out of high school, you're like, oh, you know what, I'll take my education. I'll, I'll go in somewhere where I'm going to develop for maybe another year at a JUCO or go through a three-year school or a school that where I can come out after three years. Um, so what was, what was the deciding factor for you to, to, to sign as a 16th rounder out of high school? Yeah. You know, I, I didn't have an agent. Um, so I didn't, I didn't even know like what kind of money was involved in like the draft, all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like I knew like guys got, guys got money and stuff, but I didn't know like the ins and outs of, of all that thing, but it really wasn't that, that big for me. I mean, I even tried bargaining a little bit myself. They're like, nope. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> hey, horseshit negotiator, huh? Um, yeah, terrible, terrible. And then uh, I remember I looked at my brother and I was like, 
my brother Matt, I said, you know, like, should I do it? He's like, hey, it's your your life, man. Like, you know, we've been around baseball for so long. It's such a big passion. And you know what? Like, obviously, I have no regrets at all for my decision. I I, I think that like I, I had two or three surgeries that if I line it up would have been like in my college career. I had I had a knee and I had a hand. And who knows if I would have ever had a chance again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so like I said, like the money wasn't wasn't like a big factor. I just wanted a chance and I wanted to um, I wanted to do it. Right. And you know, like here we are. So how did you so how, how did the draft happen for you? Somebody call you? Internet? Or? Yeah, some somebody called me. Um, somebody called me. I didn't know exactly like where it was gonna be and what 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 day, but uh, somebody called me right before they called me in the fifteenth round. Uh, I think it was West Panic. He's my scout or something like that. And, and he called me and he said, Hey, the next round, um, we're going to draft you. And yeah, we had it on the speaker out in the backyard. I had some friends and family over, um, anticipating, hopefully, you know. And, and sure enough, there's a video on Facebook my brother took, uh, obviously, a long time ago. And it, it is like it's them calling my name out and stuff and everybody erupting. It's pretty cool, too. Pretty awesome video. All right, who are these guys right here? This picture. Oh, these are my employees, yeah. It's, it's my my homies Colin and, and Bo are there. That that was yeah. Look at this. What am I doing, huh? <laughs> Go went right to like Dick Sporting Goods and bought bought what we could. <laughs> All the Blue Jays gear you could find. Yeah, how about that, man? That's so funny. Hey, there must hey, have been like three Blue Jay shirts, right? You bought all three that were there. Yeah, yeah and must he, have must have been. Andy hired a driver already, so it's perfect. And <laughs> yeah. His buddy towed him around. Yep, sure did. Look at it. beautiful. And then you go, and then and then you go and you get all the gear you want, and it's like all, you got all the extra gear. <laughs> you got yeah. all the shirts and that want. Yeah, use your whole signing bonus at Dick's. Basically, uh, pretty much. Hey, well, hey, yeah. In all oh, seriousness, I want to know how many high school kids drafted after the tenth round play for X amount of years in the in the major leagues or get to the major leagues and then what what that is. I might uh let me see. I I, I want to do some work because that's interesting to me because like Danny, your story is very similar to mine. Oh I mean almost to a T. And it's crazy because it just doesn't happen. I sit back and look and say I was fortunate. I was very oh I mean I caught a lot of breaks. I was lucky um to an extent, but I don't know that I would pass that information on to my children. I think I would send my kids to college at this point because it is so hard to do what both you and I did. Yeah, I don't know what the, they have like percentages of people out of high school and stuff, but especially like Northern high schools. I don't know, man. It's yeah, that definitely too. Uh, an advantage. This is where we need to Definitely an advantage for being in the South or being in Cali or being in Arizona <laughs> or Florida, like Texas, you know what I mean? The guys are playing all, I was playing all the time and the exposure with all the tournaments are out there and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's interesting for sure. I'd yeah. probably be, I'd feel the same way, man. I feel, you know, a, a big thing, actually the, the deciding factor, I think definitely um, helped me was like, you, you, they give you uh, college paid for, for X amount of yeah. years, you know, and, and that was big for me. It's like, Hey, if it doesn't work, I have a backup plan. I can go somewhere, you know? And after I had a couple surgeries, I was like, shit, maybe I should do some online <laughs> classes or something, man. Yep. Been there, dude. I same conversation. It was like they paid me a little cash up front, but it was the free schooling when when I yeah, was that's, done. That's, but, that's a safety net, you know, so that's that yeah. was probably deciding. If they didn't have that, that's a huge gamble. I mean, who knows? Right. Uh, a chance is all you really need. But still, I mean, that was huge. Yeah. Hey, I'm not going to lie. The, the, when I first signed and I went to uh, <clears throat> I was in high A the, my first full year. I decided to take an online class and it lasted about two classes and then I quit. <laughs> I'm like, I just can't, I can't. And, and guys were clowning me. They're like, bro, are you seriously taking classes right now? Get out of here. Like, you know, obviously coming off I, like I'm the bonus baby, this and that. And everyone's giving me shit over that. And <laughs> and there were, I was just like, man, like I, I, I'm committed to getting my education. And then like two classes and I was like, for you. Oh, I can't sit yeah. through this. Well, I know it like I think as you once you start it, you can't just like stop and wait a couple of years. You have to continue on, yeah. I think, right? Isn't that what it is? So yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I can't imagine trying to do it during the season. You already got so much shit going on. You got bus rides all the you know, you're you're not even you know, I mean there's so much going on, especially in the minor leagues. Yeah. So definitely be tough, yeah. man. But I mean I my goal is to still someday go back and finish, 
I have about a year and a half left, but I just, yeah, three kids now, and how the hell would I get any studying done? Oh, we got uh, guys. We got a guy. Or it could be a good reason. Or it could be a good reason to go back right. to class with three little ones running around. <laughs> I'm thinking about going back to school. My kids are older. Everyone, everyone that I talk to, though, says that, you know, former big leaguers who go back or, or minor leaguers, anyone, any pro athlete says when they go back, they're more interested in school than they ever were when they were students. Because obviously you've matured. You, we've been through it all at this point. Like we've seen yeah. a lot of different stuff that nobody has seen as far as being pro athletes and being in the big leagues and stuff like that. So when you go, your mind's already, you know, a lot bigger than what it used to be in, in college, at least for me, you know, I just wanted to get good grades and get through so that I can play baseball and hopefully sign yeah. after three years and stuff like that. So I, I'm sure I'm, I'm curious to see if I'd be more interested in school. I mean, I love school, but I wonder if I would love it even more. I can see totally well, being the guy in class that would be like, all right, what about this? All right. Any, you know, <laughs> professor, like, any other questions? <laughs> I got all kinds of questions. That'd be totally, huh? <laughs> yeah. Damn right. It would be. <laughs> Let me tell you about my friend, Johan. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, hey, hey, Danny, have you caught a knuckleballer yet? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Uh, I, I did back in the day. I caught, um, well, I caught Luke Maley, uh, 2019. <laughs> Luke Maley, we were getting crushed by Texas, or we were, I, don't, I think we were getting crushed and we put him out there. I, he punched out Shinshu Chu, I think, uh, with a heater that that he was like man that hurt but he threw a couple <laughs> knuckleballs um also frank viola i remember he he was uh he was in the minor leagues with us for a little bit and i think i also had my like first like inner squad home run off him too off a knuckleball <laughs> frank viola you know you went deep off of frank viola junior his son the son yeah, oh, his yeah. Son. yeah, yeah, yeah. okay Okay, yeah, you're yeah, right. He was a knuckleball. Uh, yeah, I was like, "Hey, Bye Bye Viola still has it, bro. He still has yeah, it. Yeah, sweet, sweet yeah, music. Junior, or you sweet music for nothing. Yeah. Hey, uh, what was? I was gonna say, what was the first thing you bought with your signing bonus, Danny? Or did you stash that thing away? Well, there ain't no the bonus in the sixteenth round, is there? The Blue Jay shirts. I told you. Yeah, the first thing I bought: <laughs> Blue Jay shirts and hats, baby. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Probably a can of dip. <laughs> and then it, hey and then you were done in the 16th round eh? yeah you know what um i don't remember what else i i, I remember like um you know i got i got you know i got a hundred thousand but um wisconsin the, the taxes kind of kind of get you with and especially in wisconsin but so anyways yeah i had i had the money and um it was all new to me having like that kind of money so no, I did a good job with it though. I didn't go crazy with that money. I, I, I definitely didn't, you know, ask my parents for gas money. And if I wanted Taco Bell or something, I went and got it, you know, but, um, I didn't buy like, uh, you know, I had this 1996 uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee from my grandma that I still rocked for a little bit and I didn't make any big purchases. So I freaking love that. A good Midwest boy right there. Good Midwest. You bought a fishing pole. You bought a fishing pole. Right. I did buy a little, a little, a little John boat in uh, 2014. It was like a thousand bucks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, Danny, what about the first day you go to a camp and you hear Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, Venezuelans, Mexicans speaking Spanish? Well, you realize like who talks the fastest. I forget who, <laughs> who, like they all talk at kind of different speeds, but, um, I mean, it's, it's, it was all brand new to me. I'm trying, and I, I did try to learn a little bit, but I kind of wish I would have, I don't know. It would be beneficial almost that, you know, how they have Spanish guys doing like English class and, yeah. and all that stuff. It would almost be beneficial, you know, at least like optional if you wanted to go to like a Spanish class, you know, I think that'd be cool. But hey, uh, how many, I bad didn't know words? shit. How many bad words did you learn? You learn them all, all quick. Them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You learn them all quick. That's the first word they all learned, man. Every single guy that doesn't speak, uh, Spanish. They all learn the the, the, the bad words quick. Yeah, <laughs> the conos, uh, you know. Exactly. 
everything else. <laughs> yeah. And as, uh, Tony's always mentioned how as a catcher, you got to be the one that ha facilitates whether it's an Asian player or a Latin player. You got to be able to figure things out. So how do you communicate for you personally? How do you communicate with a non-English speaker? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I definitely experience more with, with like Latin players than, than, you know, like now I, you know, I have, you know, Ryu, Korean, and I play with a couple of Japanese guys, but they have translators. Um, but even if they don't, you know, I don't know, it's, it's, you kind of, you know, kind of use hands. I don't know, I guess hand talk. Um, if you want something up, he's like, you're using your hand. I want this heater up fastball up. I don't know. Stuff like that. Just kind of, um, kind of like that i guess <laughs> yeah yeah no you find a way right yeah that's what you find a do. way that's you kind of have to you that's know. the difference between catchers and anybody else on the field catchers yeah. find the way everybody else just bitches about it and how do we how do we do this no catchers will find a way 100 percent. even if yeah, well, you you'll figure out you might call a curveball and get a heater you, no shit you don't want to get hurt that's right. Yeah. I'm with you. Hey, me and Danny. Hey, we cut from we're cut from the same cloth. I know that. Yeah. And, 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 right. and they say, and they say, pitchers are whine a lot and bitch a lot. Man, come on, we're the chillest people on the field. Go ahead, Danny. Yeah, just, I'll let just, you take just that like one. the best athlete here, bro. Right? Yeah, I'll, <laughs> let, I'll let you take that one. That's simple. That's simple. Hey, hey, you see that bat right there? Yeah, two hits in the show. Sorry about it. Uh, we let uh, we let Tolly have his moments where he complains about how he does everything because you know he used to play baseball in the snow and you know go uphill and everything else and leather leather spike all that other stuff. It's old man Tolly, even though he's in his thirties. Uh, he'll he'll go on these <laughs> about things, man. So you let him go. And Danny, talk to us about you know you obviously go through the minor leagues and then you finally get called called up. Talk to us about that moment for you and what it was like yeah. for you and your family to be able to share that moment, like. Tell, tell us right from the beginning when did you did you kind of sense that you were getting called up? Did it surprise you? How did the how did the manager do it? All that good stuff. Tell us about it. Yeah, man. Um, I'm gonna get shivers thinking about it. But it's like uh, you know I was in AAA in 2018, and um, you know I was having a I was having a good year. 2017 is when I I went from high A I went high A double A and AAA. So um, you know I, I finally got glasses. First of all, at the end of 2016, I went to the fall league. I finally got glasses and figured out that that's that's probably important, right? So, um, and then 17 and 18, you know, I had I had two really good years. And then at the end of 18, it, it was a surprise for sure, you know, like, you know, AAA, of course, like you're so close and, and uh, you know, you don't want to dive into too much of like what's going on up up, up, up top uh, in regards of like, you know, with other players and stuff like that. But um, I remember uh, it was in the middle of a game. I think it was the eighth inning. I was in the hole or something like that. And every time, every time in AAA, the phone, the trainer's phone rings. Everybody's like, "All right, who is it? What's going on? Uh, something, <laughs> something's happening." And uh, sure enough, uh, it rang, and um, Bob Tarpey was our was our uh, trainer, and he told I think our hitting coach Corey Hart, and and Corey like kind of like makes eye contact with me, and then I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I mean, this could be this could be me. Tells uh, they they start like signaling to Bobby Meacham, our, our our manager at third base, and he's like they point to me and they go like this, like can't play no more, and then it really kind of hits you quick, and then everybody's kind of you know dapping you up and giving you hugs, saying congrats. Comes in and he says, you know, you're going to the big leagues, uh, congratulations, and and you know you kind of black out from there. But I remember I got my phone, I I went in there, I I found a spot in the cage that um, was right outside the clubhouse, and I called my parents. And I remember that I was, we all, we all cried when I was talking to him and told him. And I, I found a, I tried to find a quiet spot behind the post and I sat there and we shared that moment together. And it's just an incredible, incredible moment that I'm so grateful we got to share it together. And, um, that night, then I'm, I'm in a, a car service, you know, Buffalo is right there. It's an hour and a half, two hour drive. Uh, and sure enough, next day I'm in Toronto. Wow. And it, this, this is pretty unique though, Beto. And you know, Josh, because you usually, when you make a team, you usually find out, or when you get called up, you, they usually wait till after the game. But like Danny said, they probably needed him right, like very the very next day. They need him in uniform and ready to roll. And to find out during the game, it's it's kind of it really it, you rarely ever see that. You always see some kind of like scenario that the manager sets up with the hitting coach and stuff like that. But this is pretty unique itself to be called up in the middle of the game. You find out, you go find your phone, and you sit down, and you talk to your family. I mean, that's that's awesome, man. That that. I feel like for like 
no, nothing beats that experience, you know, especially with, with your loved ones when you're able to share experiences like that. And it's not like they're with us, you know, 24 seven. So everything has to happen over the phone. And um, I remember, you know, for me, it w I don't even think FaceTime existed yet. So everything was over the phone. And um, that, that's pretty cool, man. Like, like I said, that's, that, you know, to, to be able to make that accomplishment and, 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 and make it to the big leagues. Yeah, I always think I always think that's one of the coolest moments when guys get get yanked out of the game. Like nothing better than watching them have to take out the second baseman or take out a position player, and they call timeout and run somebody out there to remove the guy from the game. I, I always say that those are some of my favorites. Um, I, I've seen it a handful of times. Um, in the you know obviously spending a large amount of my time in triple a too so you see that a lot because that's what happens right like especially when when teams are on different parts of the um if they're kind of where they are right a team's in a rain delay and they need more pitching and then it screws up right. the pitching i yeah. I, I, do, I do enjoy i do i always enjoyed that i've i've it's seen so two you need to yeah it's yeah, so I've seen, raw i've seen two unique experiences where um a guy got travis snyder got yanked in seattle and he was in a trade that was that was weird itself because he was like literally like running off the field like what the hell just happened and they're like hey dude take off your uniform you got you got traded to, <laughs> uh, to pittsburgh i think he got and then another oh, instance crazy. Saw, another instance i saw aaron hill he was like three for four in a game in toronto and they yank him he's like on first base uh and the inning ended and they're calling him in and he comes in and he's like <laughs> I remember he comes in in the dugout. He's like, "What the fuck is going on?" And they're like, "Dude, your wife is in the lead. Like, oh, there's a there's a there's, oh, a, there's, a, there's a plane waiting for you. Like, go, go, go." And he's like, "Oh shit!" And you just see him. <laughs> I was down the tunnel in Toronto and takes off his uni and boom, off he goes. Because I think his wife That's was wild, man. Yeah. So those are the two different instances where I saw some uh, players get yanked off the field. I got one too. We were playing. Uh... <sighs> 18 it was in 2018 i think too you know jacob Wagasback um was with the phillies with the iron pigs at the time and we were playing them and it was before the game or after got traded to us and he just walks across the field uh with all of this stuff <laughs> next you know, he's playing with us. I, that's awesome that's that i i that has never happened in my entire career that i can remember i think that would be awesome i would love to see a guy switch locker rooms like you just, just got like done, you just walk done. across with their locker. Yeah. yeah, you just get done beating the shit out of them. Actually, I take it back. It happened to Scott Feldman. I think. I, I'm I when I was with the Blue Jays, right at the end of my career there, he went from Houston to us, right? And like right. Just, yeah. and it might have been on like a Sunday getaway day or something. <laughs> pitch. No, no, he did pitch. This is exactly what happened. He pitched. He wasn't going to pitch. Gibby was going to say, hey, I don't, you know, I'm not going to use you. We'll just get acclimated with the boys. Of course, we go into extra innings, bring Feldman in. He ends up giving it up. We lose the game. So he's just like, <laughs> he went from their clubhouse to our clubhouse, and they lost the game. He's like, hey, guys. <laughs> Hi, guys. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, you get funny. called up, Danny. Did you get a start the next day, or did they give you, like, a day to kind of get acclimated with everyone everything what was your your first experience like going i mean obviously i tell this all the time and I'm, I'm sure the clubhouse looks even more different than what it looked like when i was there i mean that place is a state of the art it's beautiful in there tell us about that moment when you walk into that big league clubhouse walk out to that stadium what, what was it like Did, was your name on the lineup uh, no, it wasn't the first day. It was a day game. We were playing. Um, I don't even know how much sleep I got last that, that night. You know what I mean? I I don't think that I knew if I was in there or not. So I was definitely like thinking like I was going to play or something you know, right away. So um, even more jittery uh, to get going. So I don't know how much I slept, but um, it was a day game playing the Rays and the roof is open. It was gorgeous. And uh, I didn't play. I just sat there you know, ready just in case. But um, I remember looking up and around and going in the clubhouse right away, um, seeing your name, seeing the jerseys and seeing all these things. It's just a surreal moment. Uh, and then during the game, like I said, like looking up and just, you know, you see like the CN Tower and it's just gorgeous summer day. Um, and uh, yeah, after that, and then, we, and then we flew to Kansas City. This is another cool thing. So we went to Kansas City after that. And that's where I debuted the next day. And my brother, like I said, my brother and my nephews and like they're all there. 
Um, so that was a really cool thing too, where he just had to, you know, drive a little bit and he he got to see my debut, like, like, you know, not, not too far of a travel for it and everything like that. Just had to drive 30 minutes and and he's already there. So I got to debut in front of uh, my family, my grandma, um, you know, some aunts and uncles and my, my brother and my nephews and, and uh, that was pretty cool, man. All right, Danny, what was more nervous for you? Getting your first major league at bat in Kansas City with your grandma and the nephew that were there or getting on the plane for the first time and not knowing where to go? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Talk about getting on. The planes are different now because of, of COVID year and all these things. But um, the, the, the plane then, getting on that plane, man, that was, that was incredible, too. I remember I was sitting next to Curtis Granderson. That was, uh, that was my first, first uh, seat buddy. Uh, but definitely probably first at bat, you know, I'm in there on a cloud <laughs> shaking a little bit, you know, just you're anxious, not really like you're, you're a little nervous for sure, but you're just anxious. You're proud. There's a whole bunch of emotions that are hitting you at once. And I got to hit my first at bat, which took the biggest weight off my shoulders and off yeah. my chest. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty cool too, man. Like uh, I know Russell was playing third base at the time and yep. that, that game, that game is playing third base and he was on second. And uh, first hit in the six hole, which is now, you know, which got taken away from me, um, that six hole. But uh, um, and then he gets thrown out at home plate. And it's just it's another fun thing. You know, I just grew up watching Russ and all this yeah, stuff. Catches. You know, it's just a cool. Yeah. Brad cool Keller, don't, Brad Keller scared of you, man. You got oh, you own Brad Keller that day. Two hits off of him. Yeah. And then I got like a, I think I got like a little bleeder down the third base line and beat it out or something. I mean, hey, that was a the cake right there. It's a hit. Hey, as a hitter, the worst thing, and I, I feel for these guys that come and it's like seven, eight, nine at bats, no first hit. And it's like, holy shit, what must like what must be going through their mind? Because I, I was fortunate enough to bloop one out to right center my first at bat and get that you get the <laughs> you get the weight off of your shoulders and it's like a whole Biggest different weight. Oh my god. And you can't explain it. I watch I watch these dudes squeeze the bat, man. They're in there squeezing the bat as hard as they can. And I'm like, holy shit, what is going on in this guy's head? And the, the poor parents are coming to every game just to hope to God right. they can see their kids first hit in the major leagues. Oh for four. Oh yeah. for four. Oh for four. 100%, holy man. shit. Like you said, man, so so grateful to get that first one out yeah. of the way. And then it makes it makes the rest of the game like, you know, catch it yeah. too, especially. For me, it's always like this though. Even like the first game of the year, it's just like, man, I just um the first ball that I block, it's like, all right, now I'm settled. Or, or you know yeah. what I mean? Like, just like, I don't know. Just like every year it's like that. But especially on, on the debut, it's like, I just want to like smother a ball. So I, I, cause that's just, that I'm super, like super comfortable. And then sure enough, like getting that first hit definitely helped too. Just being comfortable, you know, and realizing it's the same game, just a, you know, definitely a different scale, but um, same game. I, I, I always used to say that in spring training, like my first spring training game, I would go out there and, you know, we catch up with the umpire for a second. And he's like, well, JT, have a good season. I said, all right, thanks. You too, blah, blah, blah. And all I think in my head is just catch the first pitch. Like, yeah, if yeah, I yeah. drop the just first one, it. it sets the tone for the whole season. And boy, I'm out there. I'm just, <laughs> I'll try anything to get the thing. Hey, that's yes, it crazy. I feel the same but way. For our listeners out there, this is what goes through, through uh, yeah. a major leaguer's head. Like, it's like just normal, just – Catch, catch the ball. Catch every it. spring catch training, it. every spring training, it doesn't go away. You know, like for a pitcher, it's all right. Let's let's get off to a good start. Throw a strike first pitch, and if you don't, it's like okay, ball one. All right, boom. Let me get settled in. Let me get an out now. And and so like you, you're the those the, yeah. the wheels are always spinning in major league yeah. leaguers' head. You know, it's not just like oh, we're 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 this good. We can just get through right. just by just thinking we're that good. No, it's like every every. I mean, for me, every spring, yeah, it was like. Okay, you get you got you know the the fifth game of the of spring training, and you're just you can't even sleep the night before. You're yeah. just like, Ooh, all right, like let's go. It's time yeah. to kind of set it's the mood uh, for the for the season. Yeah, we have a lot of uh, high school coaches that watch us, Danny, and like parents too of youth kids. <clears throat> and we always, well, not me, but these guys and whatever guests we have on, it's like baseball simple. Just keep it simple. Catch, throw, all that other crazy stuff. Like you have to throw around eight different cones and do a cartwheel before you throw to first base. Like, no, no, just catch the ball and throw it. It's really simple. Like Ricky has a, a camp here in uh, Thanksgiving that we do for his high school. And, and we had J.P. Crawford come out and he was giving instructions. You know, J.P. Crawford, Gold Glover, giving the kids yeah. instructions on what to do for fundamentals. And one kid's like, hey, are we going to work on these jump throws and this, this, and that? And J.P.'s like, no, how about we work on just fielding the ball? 
Like, keep it basic. Basics, baby. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It, even, fundamentals, like guys, man. even these guys throwing the ball back to the pitcher, it's like the first one, they kind of let it rip at you, and you're just like, they're just like, like, all right, I'm loose. Like, I'm good. Like, let's go. You know, and it, it's just little things like that that gets us in the in the mood and, and gets us ready that, that we just have to psych ourselves out. You know, that's why you're part of that, that group of that that's able to do it at that level. Hey, Danny, now yeah. I'm going to ask this question because <clears throat> the, the position of catching has evolved and baseball has evolved. And we're not going to get into analytics. All you wearing a wristband and all that other stuff. Forget all that. But why do catchers now in baseball get on one knee? Oof, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's definitely a relaxed position and there's, 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 you know, there's science and the numbers behind, like you are, you have a little bit more range, especially on the low ball. And it depends, man. Like I am not that flexible. Like my ankle mobility might be zero. Like, you know I mean? It's so I'll, I'll go on a knee, uh, with nobody on base, but, um, you know, the game's kind of changing to where people are going on a knee with guys on base. Um, you know, and, and, you know, people, We'll, uh, we'll think that, you know, stealing strikes and all that's more beneficial than letting a ball get by. And, you know, like I, I always talk about it. Like I, I have too much pride to let a ball just get by that I can block. I think it's so important to keep a guy from first to second tight game, blue pit. Next thing you know, it's tied or, or winning just because there's a ball that you could have blocked that you didn't. I mean, that's just something that, that I can't see myself, you know, ever really, really changing or doing. But um, as far as nobody on base, or maybe somebody's like super slow on first that you know he's not going to steal. It, you you have more more range. Um, at least majority of people do. I know I do when I do it. Um, it might feel a little freer with receiving. So I think that's that's okay. But I remember I got a funny story too. I remember uh, when I was coming to the minor leagues, I had Sal Fasano. Uh, yeah. You know, Sal Fasano was our catching catching coordinator. Yeah, and uh, uh, I remember he told me he said said Jano, if, if you go on a knee before Triple A, I'm going to break it. <laughs> So, so I never, I never did before then. That's for sure. You know Sal, yeah. JT. You know Sal. Sal's hey, awesome human one, being. He's the best. One of the best. Hey, I'm telling you, he's but, good. I mean, he's he's right up there with one of the best catching coaches I have ever had. And and Danny, 100%. you can speak to this. Like the game calling, the the I I mean, you just across the board mechanics. The ball. The whole. I've never seen. He received the ball the way he does. He caught a bullpen for me no, one time. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> his ass, his hey, ass doing, is on the ground. We, yeah. we would be doing like catching drills and bullpen work, and then Sal would be like working out. Like, he would come up to me and say, like, oh, I want you to do this. And then he would just squat back there with his butt touching the ground, so flexible, 300 pound man. And, yeah. and he would just catch the rest of the bullpen. Like, he loved it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let me. Hey, uh, I, hey, I'll give you guys a real good self Asano story. Yeah. So I get tra- I get traded over to the Blue Jays, 2013. I'm trying to make the team. They just gave me a, a major league contract, but I had minor league options left. Alex Anthopoulos says, hey, we're probably going to send you down unless somebody gets hurt. But my goal was just let me go be me until something happens. And Sal, man, he was on my ass every day. Ah, oh, do this, do that, do this, do that. Finally, I said to him, I said, Sal, man, let me – I don't want to be making major adjustments right now. Just if I'm going to make, if I'm not going to make the team, let me not make the team on my own doing what I'm doing. Okay. He goes, well, when they option you down, he says, would you be willing to learn? I said, absolutely. I get, I end up getting sent down. I get a text from Sal Fasano. He says, Hey, you know, Danny in the weight room there, like what was that? There was like a covered porch in behind the weight room at, at, um, what do, what do they call that? Uh, the the minor league complex, Bobby Maddox, Bobby Maddox. Oh, Bobby Maddox. Yeah. 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 Bobby Bobby Maddox. yeah. Yeah. So he says, meet me at five thirty in the weight room or outside the weight room. And this guy beat me to death. Like, I mean, he had me doing like bars on my back, like crawling, like getting. Is that where it started? Did it start because yes. of you? Because we did that shit all the time. <laughs> all the like, time. Yeah. He hey, and I'll tell you what, that, that is probably one of my biggest regrets in baseball is not spending the time in major league camp with Sal, like sitting down to understand what he was trying to tell me. It was just stubbornness, yeah. it was a little hard-headedness. I, I I do regret that in my career of like, damn, I wish I would have just taken that time because I would have been Look five steps ahead of oh my god. That's a beautiful a man right there. That yeah, is a beautiful man. Mustache. 
Hold on, let me. Hey, hold on, let me. I got. I got. I got to get a photo of this and send it to him. Look at that. Well, he, Look I'll at tell that. You, he would love it. Hey, and tell, tell him we need him on as a guest. Yeah, too. we need him on, man. I got a Fasano story I, when he was with the Yankees. Uh, you know, back up with the Yankees. I'm covering the Angels, and I go in the clubhouse, and I had never seen a Sal Fasano before. I'd heard the name, I'd never seen him. And I first day in, I walk in. You know, three thirty. I turn, and you know, in Anaheim, Victory, the visiting clubhouse to the left is immediately where Fasano was at. Just a mountain of a, of a man, and just hair everywhere. And I'm like, oh my god! Like this is not the thing you want to see when you open up the door. Yeah. No shirt, just his like his sliders, and then the mustache. I'm like. Oh man, I'm like, and you know, the Yankees, you're supposed to be clean cut, right? He was clean cut ish, right? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> hey, man, yeah, he had some big hands too, man. That guy would shake. Oh, and man. then, end of the game, hand. it's a getaway day, and Fasano suited and booted, pinstripe suit, clean, and he made sure to yeah. put on his Bluetooth. He had the Bluetooth on, ready to go. And I'm like, <laughs> this guy. Hey, like, who lifted more weights? Who lifted more weights in the weight room than Sal Fasano when he was a coach? Like, oh my God, no wrist, wristbands, and he's just like, <laughs> and the bar is shaking. I'm like, dude, it's four in the morning. I'm like, what is this guy doing? He's crazy. What yeah, a guy. I, what a guy. When I came in, I miss him. One, of my first, one of my first days of being in pro ball, like I said, like I was super raw back then. Uh, I've gotten a lot more flexible now, but I was super raw. Like we're doing ducks, we're doing duck walks, and I'm meeting all the catchers for the first time too. And Sal, Sal is intimidating as Sal looks. Like obviously Sal is a huge teddy bear and just a yeah. genuine, awesome human being, but intimidating. I'm like, oh my god, this guy, monster. But he's got everybody doing duck walks and doing all sorts of things, kind of like we did in the morning, we did in the morning and all that, but but a little lesser scale and. Uh, Man, it was like, oh boy, what did I get myself into? Like, it was tough. It was definitely tough, yeah. but um, I wouldn't trade any of those moments of getting getting no. you know the crab kicked out of you in the mornings at five thirty before anybody's even there, uh, doing all these things. Like, yeah, it helped us as as just dudes in general, just like getting to know each other better, but battling with each other and and all that stuff. Man, was all great intentions, and I wouldn't change a thing. You know, not not yeah. in a, not in a million years. <clears throat> what a guy. <clears throat> Earlier in the show, you mentioned about getting glasses, Danny. Um, yeah. How serious were, was your were your eye was your eye vision in, 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 at the point? It's not like it. it's not like since. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm saying we read a little bit about it, but tell us like the the story behind your eyes. Yeah, uh, it's not like I was. Um, it was terrible coming up through the minor leagues. I got it in uh, at the end of 2016. I got, I went to the eye doctor finally, but uh, that, I would say like not before that, like 15, 14, none, none of that time. But in 2016 is when I kind of just realized I was like driving and looking at like street signs and it wasn't like that great. I don't know. I think I was stubborn too. I was like, man, there's no way my eyes are bad, right? Like if they are, I'm screwed. Like, um, so I was probably trying to tell myself I'm always tired and I'm kind of squinting at nighttime. And finally at the end of the year, I said, I'm, I'm going to get checked out. Sure enough. You know, I had a stigmatism and a little bit of correction in one eye and I threw glasses on and it's like HD. It was, it was just like, and you realize like so many players nowadays, like you really, you really realize that guys wear contacts all the time. Glasses now are becoming, you know, more and more popular. Um, and it's not like if you have glasses or contacts then you're in trouble, like you're, you're, they're fine nowadays. Right. So, uh, I got that done and then I went to the fall league and, you know, I did pretty well. And I finally just like felt really confident. Then so I had a couple of tough years with the bat, uh, building up to that. But then I got the glasses and it was just kind of a whole new man, uh, going from there. So definitely needed that. Definitely probably should have done a little earlier, but you, you think, know you think <laughs> you had stigmatisms in both eyes, man. Like, I know. I didn't I had know anything about one. it. I don't know. You had them in both. Like I read up on it. You had a 0.75, like you, you, you could not see. Like you're like saying, oh. "Wasn't great." Yeah, <laughs> I was stubborn, bro. I'm telling you, I was just like, "Oh man, I must be tired," or I, I don't know. I, I say I don't think it was the whole year though. I don't know if something happened during the middle of the year or something, but it wasn't like I was uh, in pain looking like the whole year. You know, it's just finally it might got like just worse enough at the end where I was like, "I gotta go." And you're still and, catching a hundred miles like nothing. Yeah, but I tell you what, it was harder. I was harder at catching than I was hitting. I feel like there's times where it's, I'm like back there, like really, really, like you're not really seeing the spin all that well, and probably boxed a couple balls, you know. But 
Um, wow. I don't know. So I'm just glad I got it taken care of at the right time for me. And, um, yeah, I'm still, still rocking them. Yeah. You look good. You look good, baby. You got the sponsorship too, right? <laughs> uh, no, no, no sponsorship. Nope. Just, I got uh, you. <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're the king of getting yeah, sponsors yeah. here right now. Well, you on the West side hat? Right, we got you, bro. We got whatever you need. Eat some whiskey. We got whatever you need. Bourbon. We got whatever you need. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Take care of you. Yeah. Uh, we'll wrap up with you, Danny, because I know you caught seven bullpens and you're probably tired right now. Uh, best advice you can give to a kid who says, Hey, I want to be Danny Jansen. Best advice, man, is just to just enjoy the game. You know, I, I think that the if they want to be a catcher, the, one of the best parts about it is, you know, and JT, you could probably agree with this. Like, as a catcher, you are a watered-down version of whoever has taught you, talked to you, watched on TV. Like, you, you find yourself. Like, everybody – not it's not a cookie-cutter position um, where, where you have to do everything a certain way. Like, guys have different styles, and, and it's okay to have different styles and to do different things and to try things and to fail – and, uh, you know, catching is a, an adaptive uh, position for sure. And, um, you know, you're, I don't know. It's just like you, you got to understand that baseball will crush you. And, and you got to you got to realize that, um, you know, you got to stick with it. You got to keep working hard, but you got to understand that it will come around. And, and um, you know, I, I've, I've struggled with the best of them. So, I, you know, I'm just trying to bulletproof my mind and my, my mentality and uh, I try to be the best version of myself. But as far as catching, I think that it's just great to watch baseball games and to see how different styles and just kind of try new things and find yourself. Damn right. Yep. Damn right. Yep. Who, who, who can deal with failure the best? That's what the major leagues is. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, damn right. Exactly. That's good, man. It's good. Yo, we, uh, every now and then we'll go on these rants cause we're all parents about how let the kids play. They don't need to be going to eight different showcases and, four different weeks and you know like just be a kid ride a bike you know play other sports you know and if you're gonna play sports i think football is a good one to play right danny <laughs> oh my god my dad. oh my god that's you, awesome let me tell you this my dad was the coach uh, football pass with his my first he sticks his kid at left guard and he expects me to love football puts me at puts his own kid he ain't the quarterback. He ain't. He ain't the wide receiver. The running back. He puts him at the. He puts him on the line. He's he's pulling for, for uh, halfback tosses. That's what I did. Right oh there. my god! Look at that, Danny. Danny J on the helmet. Danny J on the helmet. Oh my god, that is great. Oh. <laughs> Two-sport athlete, Danny Jansen, ladies and gentlemen. We, we told you it wasn't going to be a traditional podcast. Like, we're not asking about the strike or the lockout, whatever. We Like, whatever. You can't control. You go catch your bullpens, man. Uh, just keep on no, doing this it. This is a blast, man. I'm so glad that, that we did this. It's so much fun. You guys are great. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have you back on soon, man. We'll have you back on soon. Maybe at third day when you only catch two bullpens, not seven. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so, Danny, yeah. one thing that we do on the show is Tolly at the end of the show gets his a minute to have Tolly time. He can go on a rant about whatever. The last couple of rants have been about youth sports and like how parents are yelling at kids. And I think he got in trouble in his neighborhood too of uh, Oswego, New York, where you know everybody knows him. And you know about uh, Daddy Ball was one of his best rants. I'll send you the, the link on uh, our Instagram about how parents should be parents, coaches coach, kids play. Yo, he was, he was on fire. So today it's time for Tolly time. You get one minute, Tolly. What do we have? And go. Well, I'm going to um, – I'm repping the Major League Baseball players because um, in light of what's going on, and I know we don't like to get too deep into the weeds, but the Players Association, um, I stand by the players. I was a player. I know, obviously, Danny does because he's in the mix right now. I know Ricky does. Um, I feel for these guys. This is the time of the year where it's tough. Um you, you start looking forward to spring training, and then now you can't go. So it's I, I this is less of a rant. It's more about um, it's more about what's happening, and I love how tight the players are staying. I, I I read it, I follow it, I'm in the mix, and I think it's freaking awesome that the players are staying so united because this could have gone a completely different way. So Danny, hats off to you guys as current players because you are building for what is going to be happening um in the future Ooh. easy rant today love it yeah. real that, personal that rant today yeah <laughs> no and i agree i agree with everything that josh said and a, a lot of people when you know beto you send me a few comments of people saying like it's crazy how they like 
stand by the owners. And yeah, you're going to have people picking sides and this and that, but this is not for the guys that are currently being paid, you know, like Max Scherzer and, and, and Garrett Cole, those guys are in the trenches working for the, for the future generation, you know, and I just hate how they keep getting bashed. Like, Oh, you're making this amount of money. Like, why do you care? And it's like, no, man, this is what the players association is about. You know, you, you, you look, you look um, forward to the future and, and you, 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 you set up a base for them and, and that's what they're doing. And, and you guys continue to hold, hold ground. I'm sure it's frustrating, but hopefully it comes to a, it comes to a closure here soon. And we're back to seeing you guys back on the field. Cause we want to, can't wait to, uh, I'm, I'm supposed to head up to Toronto in July. So uh, I know my boys are, are, are looking forward to seeing the Jays play. So <laughs> we're yeah. hoping you guys are back. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. When we got to grab dinner this time, Danny, when I owe you dinner for coming on this podcast and, uh, you know, we'll go out to dinner after a day game or something. And uh, there it is. Yeah. Well, if you're, if you're buying hell, I might come up. <laughs> let's, go. let's go. All right. Yeah, Danny in that city, baby. Come on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Danny Jansen, we'll check to see about the season. Uh, Tolly, uh, go coach like a bunch of other kids and don't argue with any parents today. Uh, Not today. <laughs> Mild <laughs> manner today. Thank you so much, Danny. Really appreciate, appreciate it, brother. All right. Thanks, awesome, of the Let's go, Ricky Roll Podcast with Josh Tolly. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye.